Welcome to the podcast, Crime Salad, where we talk true crime. I'm your host, Ashley, and with me always is my husband and partner in crime, Ricky. The purpose of this podcast is to honor the victims through ethical storytelling in the hopes of preventing future tragedies. We want our stories to resonate and educate others in hopes that some of these similar cases with identifiable patterns can be prevented. Now, before we jump in, please let us warn you that this is a true crime podcast. The details of this episode may be triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion advised. Hey, Crime Salad listeners, welcome back to another episode of Crime Salad. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm Ricky. I feel like we haven't said that in a really long time. I know. It almost sounds like a meme. <laughs> like, where have you guys been? Um, so we have decided to do this little intro like we used to do because we really miss it. And it kind of gives us a little date night because we got a babysitter right now. So it's kind of like our time to just like hang out, talk about true crime. And it's our only free time. time. We're actually locked in a um, a little tiny booth right now. It's like a phone booth. So yeah, we feel like we haven't got a chance to talk to you guys in a while. Um, and if this is the first time that you're here, welcome. We deliver fresh true crime every Wednesday and Last week, we actually got a little tied up with some things, but we're happy to be here. So I think what we'll do is we're going to leave like one minute at the beginning of every episode to basically talk about our life, give give you a little update. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds good to me. So what's been new, Reggie? Anything? It's been crazy lately. I mean, we have, what, a 14-year-old and we have a two-year-old. The two-year-old's going through terrible twos. Like Already. He's not even two. Yeah. (laughs) We just say he's two because he's basically two. My God, he's so different than the first one was so calm. Like we'd go to restaurants and people would be like, oh, my God, your baby is so well behaved. Yeah. And this one, they don't even they're like, hmm. We've never got that compliment. <laughs> and I'm usually like sweating with my like hair falling out of a ponytail. And they're like, mm-hmm, second kid, huh? <laughs> yeah. Starting completely over. Yeah. Like, we had it made. We were like going on date nights. We were going like wine bars. You know what, though? I like love being a mom. It's like the best part of my life. Like, But I just it also love... drives you completely insane. It does. But there's like this really good to it, too. So kind of get the good with the bad. But um, yeah, he's been doing really good potty training. He pees basically everywhere. He, he rips has... his diapers straight off. He's like, <laughs> I got to pee now. Yeah. And he'll pee everywhere. Um, he runs around outside and I... The neighbors are probably like, oh, my God, get your kid. <laughs> but it's like chasing a wild animal around, basically. Hey, we haven't gotten kicked out of the HOA yet. I haven't got kicked out. That is true. So we're doing pretty good. We haven't got any complaints. So I think it's time to jump into this week's episode. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this week, our story takes place in the suburban town of Westminster, Colorado, where neat rows of houses and tidy new strip malls define the landscape. Now imagine, if you will, the sound of children playing after school in the safety of this seemingly picture-perfect community. And among these children is a bright and spirited girl named Jessica Ridgway, whose boundless curiosity made her a welcome sight in her neighborhood. But as the saying goes, 
even in the safest of places, darkness can emerge unexpectedly. Jessica Ridgway was born on January 23, 2000 in Westminster, Colorado, and she was a vivacious and creative young girl with an infectious smile and an insatiable curiosity about the world around her. She was known for her love of animals, her passion for drawing, and her kind-hearted nature. Jessica had a close-knit family, including her mother, Sarah Ridgway, and her father, Jeremiah Bryant. And she also was an older sister to her brother, Austin Ridgway. Jessica's dreams were as boundless as her energy, and she aspired to make a positive impact on the world. Jessica's mom described her as an independent young girl who couldn't wait to be a teenager. Jessica was so independent, in fact, that she actually asked for an alarm clock so that she could get up for school by herself at 7.45 a.m., and that's pretty good for a 10-year-old. Jessica's parents were a hardworking couple who cherished their children and provided them with a stable and nurturing environment. Sarah was known for her warmth and dedication to her family, while Jeremiah was an involved father who shared Jessica's enthusiasm for outdoor activities and adventure. Their lives revolved around their children, and they embraced the role of nurturing and guiding Jessica as she grew. Now, like Sarah and Jeremiah, the families of Westminster cherished the safety and comfort of their close-knit neighborhood. They knew each other by name, and their children often played together outside, enjoying the sense of camaraderie and security that characterized the area. The community's members were diverse in their backgrounds, careers, and interests, but they all shared a common bond of looking out for one another. And then on October 3rd, 2012, a typical Wednesday morning, tragedy struck. Jessica, then just 10 years old, promptly woke up at 7.45 a.m. to the sound of her alarm clock. Her mother described Jessica's morning in an interview with Fox 31. Sarah recalls Jessica going down the stairs and watching TV for a bit before getting dressed, grabbing a granola bar, and walking out the front door. It was like any other morning, Sarah said. Jessica set out on her usual path to school a short walk that she had taken countless times before. But this time, she never arrived at her destination. Sarah knew something was wrong when Jessica didn't come home from school that Wednesday evening. And unfortunately, she had a missed call earlier that morning from Jessica's fifth grade teacher, informing her that she hadn't arrived to school. Could you imagine just all day thinking your kid was at school and then you know, receiving notice that they weren't. There'd be so many thoughts running through my head. It would just eat you away. Well, Sarah recalls thinking, I want her to walk back through that door. I need her to walk back through that door. Jessica's parents reported her missing to the police, and an Amber Alert was issued later that day. Now, the activation of the Amber Alert system played a crucial role in mobilizing the community and law enforcement agencies across the region. As the urgency of Jessica's disappearance became apparent, the Amber Alert system broadcasted critical information about the case to media outlets, electronic road signs, and law enforcement agencies. The immediate dissemination of information facilitated a rapid response from the public, enhancing the chances of locating Jessica and bringing her home safely. 
A search for young Jessica began and panic rippled through the town. I couldn't imagine the fear surrounding the family. This is every parent's nightmare, especially when the hours in this search for this young girl throughout the community turned into days. Then two days later on October 5th, Investigators found Jessica's backpack abandoned on a sidewalk with her glasses inside. Wow, could you imagine just looking for your daughter for days and then coming across stuff like this? It would be absolutely heartbreaking. You would automatically think something bad had to have happened. And this was extremely heartbreaking because when Jessica's father, Jeremiah, was given the news, he recalled completely breaking down. He said it was about time to get off work when he got a phone call, and he told his boss that he had to leave. He said he couldn't stay, and he's been lost ever since. The community rallied together in a powerful display of solidarity with volunteers, law enforcement, and even strangers from neighboring towns joining the search efforts. In the midst of unimaginable anguish, Jessica's family emerged as beacons of strength. They shared stories of her radiant spirit and her dreams of making the world a better place. The harrowing ordeal seemed to galvanize the community, igniting a fire of unity that transcended age, race, and background. Neighbors who had once only exchanged casual greetings in passing now held each other in tearful embraces, united by a common purpose— to bring Jessica back to the warm embrace of her loved ones. It's awesome when communities come together like that. It is. And Jessica's story, even though this is a bad situation, it really brought the community together. The hours soon turned into days, and the days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months. The search for Jessica continued. The story garnered national attention, a spotlight that both evaluated the urgency of the search and showcased the power of a community's solidarity. Now, law enforcement and a team of investigators, they played a pivotal role in the search for Jessica Ridgway and the subsequent pursuit of justice. The Adams County Sheriff's Department of Colorado, in collaboration with the dedicated volunteers from the Rampart Search and Rescue Team, emerged as the unsung heroes in the search for Jessica Ridgway. These men and women selflessly devoted countless hours to combing through rugged terrain, dense forest, and challenging landscapes in the hopes of finding any trace of the missing girl. Their commitment to the search was unwavering, a testament to the power of community collaboration in times of crisis. The Rampart Search and Rescue Team, known for their expertise in locating missing persons in challenging environments, brought a unique set of skills to the search effort. Guided by their commitment to preserving life, they navigated treacherous terrain and adverse weather conditions, fueled by the shared goal of reuniting Jessica with her family. Their tireless efforts served as a reminder that hope can shine even in the darkest corners, as long as individuals are willing to fight for it. Westminster Police Chief Lee Burke emerged as a pillar of leadership during this harrowing ordeal. He took charge of the investigation with a steady hand, providing guidance and direction to the investigative team as they navigated the complexities of this case. 
Chief Burke's ability to communicate openly with the community and the media helped maintain transparency and fostered a sense of unity during a time of great uncertainty. We have assembled a massive team of law enforcement agencies to include local, state, and federal partners. We've had dozens of law enforcement agencies, hundreds of law enforcement officers involved in this case since the very beginning. And we've been searching for Jessica and her abductor. The involvement of the FBI, particularly the agent in charge of the Denver division, underscored the severity and urgency of the case. Their collaboration with local law enforcement agencies facilitated information sharing and coordination on a larger scale. In the wake of Jessica Ridgway's sudden disappearance, the once tranquil neighborhood transformed into a hub of activity. Law enforcement vehicles from Westminster and Adams County lined the streets and a sense of urgency filled the air. As the community held its breath, a dedicated team of investigators took up the mantle of unraveling the mystery that gripped the hearts of so many. At the heart of the investigation was Detective Tom Reynolds, a seasoned officer with a reputation for dogged determination. His grizzled appearance concealed a compassionate soul, and Jessica's case weighed heavily on his shoulders. With a photo of Jessica tacked on his office wall, he led the team of officers, detectives, and forensic experts who worked tirelessly day and night. Detective Reynolds knew that time was of the essence. Every minute that ticked by was a minute that brought uncertainty and fear. The search for clues began with Jessica's last known steps, her route to school. Surveillance footage, eyewitness accounts, and cell phone pings were meticulously analyzed. The team canvassed the neighborhood, talking to anyone who might have seen something out of the ordinary on that fateful day. Did she have a cell phone? I mean, she's 10, so she might not have, but... I really don't know. I didn't see anything that she had a cell phone at all. Well, after a few weeks, the investigation reached a turning point. A community member recalled seeing a suspicious vehicle in the area around the time of Jessica's disappearance. This small piece of information sparked a renewed sense of hope, which goes without saying, if you see something, say something. Detectives immediately launched an intensive search for this vehicle, combing through security camera footage and tracking down leads. Their diligence paid off when they identified the vehicle's owner, a key development that led them to the doorstep of a 17-year-old Austin Sig. So, Ricky, tell us a little bit about this kid, Austin Sig. Okay, so Austin Sig, born January 17, 1995, was a troubled young man. While some of the neighbors thought Austin was wonderful, a respectful kid, very nice and polite... Others had a very different impression of the teen. Many described Austin as intelligent but socially awkward, often displaying behaviors that raised concerns among those who knew him. As a teenager, he became fascinated with crime and violence, delving into disturbing online content that further isolated him from his peers. Unfortunately, those tendencies escalated, leading him down a dark path. Growing up, Austin Sig's family life was complex. Robert Sig, Austin's father, played a large role in shaping his upbringing. 
In 2004, Robert had multiple DUI arrests in three different counties, and he was also arrested for domestic violence in the same year. Robert was also arrested in Weld County for dealing drugs, and in 2006, was convicted of a mortgage fraud scheme. And now we might not have all of the details about Robert's background because it might not be publicly available, but as you can see from the interactions between Austin and his father, he could have influenced his perception of his own role in the world. Yeah, definitely, we can see that. But at the same time, it doesn't make it at all right to do such a horrible thing. But yeah, he very well could have been badly influenced by his father. Now, Mindy Sig, Austin's mother, had a history of mental health struggles. Her life had been marked by personal challenges and internal battles, which likely cast a shadow over her role as a parent. After divorcing Austin's father, Mindy struggled with finances. She filed bankruptcy the same year of Jessica's disappearance with over $30,000 in debt and had her motorhome repossessed. The weight of her own difficulties might have impacted her ability to provide a stable environment for her children. And with all of this being said, it's crucial to approach these discussions with sensitivity, as family dynamics are deeply nuanced and seemingly similar situations affect each child in different ways. Although a difficult childhood might influence a person's tendency towards violence and impulsive behavior, it is never an excuse for committing violent crime. So now that you know a little bit about Austin's background, let's return to the investigation. After confronting him at his home, authorities brought Austin Sig in for questioning. The investigators maintained a delicate balance of empathy and determination as they navigated the complex task of gathering evidence and seeking the truth. And this wasn't just a cut-and-dry investigation into Austin. This was something that took days as they meticulously built their case. Fiber analysis, DNA testing, and behavioral profiling were all pieces of the puzzle that began to fall into place. The team's dedication extended beyond the police station. They became deeply connected to the Ridgeway family, sharing in their grief and frustration. Jessica's smiling face became a beacon of inspiration in their workspace, a reminder of the life they were working so tirelessly to seek justice for. And then a breakthrough. Austin Sig, faced with mounting evidence and the weight of his actions, confessed to his involvement in Jessica's abduction and murder. Austin Sig's confession was a moment of profound reckoning that unfolded in two distinct phases— First to his mother, Mindy Sig, and then to the police. In a somber and emotional exchange, Austin found himself facing his mother, Mindy Sig, who was unaware of her son's involvement in the disappearance of the local girl. Austin's conscience had become an unbearable burden. In the mixture of anguish and trepidation, he admitted to his mother that he was responsible for the disappearance of Jessica Ridgway. Mindy Sig's whole world was shattered by this revelation. She was confronted with an incomprehensible reality. The weight of her son's confession bore down on her, leaving her stunned and overwhelmed by the gravity of this situation. At that moment, a complex mix of emotions, shock, heartbreak, and innate maternal instinct washed over her. Mindy faced the excruciating dilemma of grappling with the unimaginable truth and the decision of what to do next. 
Recognizing the severity of her son's admission and the irreparable harm that had been done, Mindy Sig made the courageous and pivotal choice. She contacted law enforcement, providing them with the critical information that would launch the next phase of the investigation. In the 911 call, Mindy is heard saying, Hi, I need you to come to my house. My son wants to turn himself in for the Jessica Ridgway murder. She stated that her son gave her the details and that Jessica's remains were currently in her house. In a separate but equally significant development, Austin Sig confessed his heinous crime to the police. During that same 911 call, Austin took the phone from his mom. He is heard saying to the dispatcher, I murdered Jessica Ridgway. I have proof that I did it. There is no other question. I am giving myself up completely. There will be no resistance whatsoever. The weight of his actions had finally broken through his defenses, and he felt compelled to reveal the truth. The not knowing that there was a body in your house is just so disturbing. And then not even knowing that your son would be capable of doing this is just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, your baby is a monster. Yeah, and you had no clue. Maybe it's like some hints that he was like a little off, but really like... You never expect that. You would never expect your kid to do this. And then in your own house too. The body was still in her house. Yeah, that is just very, very shocking. Well, later in an interview with law enforcement, Austin revealed disturbing details about the crime. What we are about to describe is deeply disturbing, and it involves violence towards a minor. Please skip ahead if you would like to avoid hearing the details of this murder because it is disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, so bear with me because this is hard for me to talk about as well. Through Austin's confession, investigators discovered that he kidnapped Jessica on her way to school on the morning of October 3, 2012. He forced her into his SUV and bound her hands and feet with zip ties. Then Austin described Jessica wetting herself in the car as she feared for her life. Seeing that she was panicking, Austin told Jessica that everything was going to be okay, which he later admitted was a lot. After arriving back at his house, he released her from her bondage and let her watch cartoons on the family TV. He then describes taking off her soiled clothing and changing her into a white shirt and black shorts. In Jessica's final moments, Austin told her to look away from him as he strangled her to death with zip ties. After brutally murdering this young girl, Austin dismembered her body before storing her remains in his mother's pool house. Later, in an effort to cover up the crime, he wiped her remains clean to remove his DNA. He gathered them in a garbage bag and dumped the bag beside a highway. Before his confession in a brazen act, he actually gave police a sample of his DNA, thinking that he had outsmarted the police by wiping down Jessica's body. However, unknown to Austin, investigators had already collected samples of his DNA from Jessica's soiled clothes. At some point after her murder, Austin had stuffed her wet clothes into a backpack and discarded the backpack on the sidewalk. His confession provided investigators with valuable insights that would guide their efforts moving forward, leading to the arrest and eventual conviction of Austin Sig. The two confessions to his mother and to the police stand as haunting moments of truth amidst the backdrop of tragedy that shook a community to its core. 
The team's relentless pursuit of truth had paid off, but their mission was far from over. The legal process began, and the investigation team transitioned from detectives to witnesses, ensuring that the truth that they had uncovered would be heard in court. The legal proceedings that followed Austin Stig's confession were marked by a complex balance of seeking justice while navigating the fact that he was not yet 18 years old, a minor by legal standards. The trial held both legal and emotional weight as the community grappled with the horrific truth of Jessica Ridgway's fate. The trial's proceedings were conducted in an atmosphere of somber reflection. As witnesses recounted the heartbreaking details and the community confronted the painful reality head-on. The investigators sat in the courtroom, shoulders tense and hearts heavy. As they listened to the harrowing details, their own emotions intertwined with the Ridgway family's raw grief. The prosecution presented a meticulous case outlining the evidence that linked Austin Sig to the crime beyond any reasonable doubt. His confession, forensic evidence, and connecting him to the crime scene and the horrifying details that were revealed were woven into a narrative that left the courtroom in stunned silence. The haunting realization that a young man had committed such a heinous act against an innocent child reverberated through the community. Given the gravity of his actions, Austin Sig was charged as an adult despite his age at the time of the crime. This decision underscored the severity of his offense and the need for justice to be served in a manner that reflected the enormity of this tragedy. Ultimately, on October 1st, 2013, just days before his 18th birthday, Austin Sig pleaded guilty to all charges related to Jessica Ridgway's abduction and murder. The courtroom was filled with a mixture of sorrow, anger, and a shared desire for closure as his guilt was formally acknowledged. The criminal penalty handed down by the court was life in prison with the possibility of parole after serving a minimum of 40 years. This sentence served as a somber reflection of the immense loss suffered by Jessica's family and the community, while also recognizing the complexity of Austin Sig's age at the time of the crime. On November 19, 2013, Austin Sig began serving his sentence, marking the start of a life lived behind bars. The weight of his actions and the pain he had caused became his constant companions as he grappled with the consequences of his choices. The trial's conclusion marked a somber chapter in the story of Jessica Ridgway's tragic passing, a reminder that justice has been sought and served, even in the face of unimaginable grief. The community's unity, resilience, and commitment to safeguarding its children were deep reminders that amidst darkness, hope can shine as a beacon of healing and strength. Though their roles as investigators were completed, their commitment to the Ridgway family and the community endured. The team attended annual remembrance ceremonies, standing shoulder to shoulder with the very people they had vowed to protect. The bond they had forged during those relentless days of investigation had transformed into an enduring connection, a testament to the power of a community united by tragedy and the pursuit of justice. The investigation team's legacy was intertwined with Jessica's legacy, a story of resilience, strength, and unwavering determination to ensure that her spirit lived on in the hearts of all who fought for justice in her name. In the wake of the devastating loss of Jessica Ridgway, the community that had rallied to find her came together again. 
this time to celebrate her life and ensure her memory lived on in meaningful ways. The celebration of life event held for Jessica was not a somber occasion, but rather a testament to her vibrant spirit and the impact she had on those who knew her. There were friends, family, and community members who gathered to share stories and fond memories and celebrate the joyful moments that Jessica had brought into their lives. Balloons, flowers, and messages adorned a makeshift memorial where people paid their respects. The event included speeches from community leaders, local officials, and Jessica's mother. The message was very clear. Jessica's life was not defined by the tragedy that ended it, but by the love, the joy, and the innocence she exuded. The event aimed to shift the narrative from sorrow to celebrating the life that had touched so many hearts. Jessica's mother, Sarah Ridgway, amidst her profound grief, emerged as a beacon of hope and change. Rather than succumbing to the darkness of her circumstances, she channeled her pain into a powerful force for good. Recognizing the challenges that families of missing children face, she embarked on a mission to advocate for improvements in the way missing children cases are handled. With unwavering determination, Sarah founded the Jessica Ridgway Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting families of missing children and promoting community awareness. The foundation's initiatives included providing resources for families, navigating the complexities of such situations, and supporting law enforcement efforts, and also educating the public about child safety. Sarah's efforts also extended to lobbying for changes in legislation related to missing children cases. Her advocacy led to the implementation of new protocols for handling missing persons cases and improved coordination between law enforcement agencies. By turning her tragedy into a catalyst for change, Sarah exemplified the resilience of the human spirit and the potential to affect positive change in the face of adversity. The impact of Jessica's disappearance echoed throughout the community, leaving scars that went beyond the immediate family. Friends, neighbors, and classmates were deeply affected by the loss of a young life and the realization that such tragedies could strike close to home. After something like this, it would be hard to even let your kid, you know, walk to the bus stop. I mean, being naive now, like when nothing has happened, is still kind of hard. Imagine if, you know, this happened. It, it could happen to anybody. Yeah, it could happen anywhere because it doesn't matter where you are. There's evil all over the place. The community displayed remarkable strength in coming together to heal and rebuild. There were counseling services and support groups that were established to help the community members process their grief and trauma. There were memorials, fundraisers, and awareness campaigns that became avenues for people to channel their emotions into positive outlets. The sense of unity and shared purpose that emerged in the aftermath of Jessica's tragedy created lasting bonds among the community members. In the end, remembering Jessica became a story of hope transformation, and the enduring power of love. The haunting disappearance of Jessica Ridgway shook the foundations of the Westminster community and left an indelible mark on the nation. However, out of the darkness emerged a series of valuable lessons that would forever change the way society approached missing children cases, child safety, and community involvement. The response to Jessica's tragedy became a catalyst for transformative changes that aimed not only to honor her memory, but also to prevent future tragedies from occurring. 
and Jessica's case shed light on the challenges and the limitations that law enforcement agencies often face when dealing with missing persons cases. It exposed gaps in communication, coordination, and resources that could hinder the swift and effective response needed in such situations. The case prompted a comprehensive review in existing protocols and an earnest commitment to reforming missing persons investigations. Her case also helped law enforcement agencies across jurisdictions to establish standardized procedures for responding to missing children cases. New technologies were integrated, including improved communication systems, database sharing, and advanced surveillance techniques. Training programs were developed to equip officers with the skills needed to handle sensitive situations involving children with care, empathy, and expertise. The legacy of Jessica's case also led to the creation of specialized units dedicated to handling missing children's cases. Staffed by officers with expertise in child psychology and trauma-informed approaches, these reforms not only increased the efficiency of investigations, but they also ensured that families were treated with respect and compassion throughout the process. From schools implementing stricter security measures to neighborhoods establishing community watch programs, the tragic loss of Jessica inspired collective vigilance and unity against potential threats. The foundation established in Jessica's name continues to provide vital support to families facing the unthinkable. It also served as a powerful reminder to the potential for positive change that can arise from even the darkest moments. In the end, the lessons learned from Jessica's story emphasized the vital importance of swift and effective response, education, and community collaboration her memory became a driving force in the unyielding commitment to safeguarding children's futures, forever changing the way society approached child safety and missing persons cases. So as we reflect on the story of Jessica Ridgway and the enduring spirit of a community, let us remember that her story carries an urgent call to action. In the wake of tragedy, we have witnessed the incredible strength that emerges when a community unites in the face of adversity. It is a testament to the power of unity, compassion, and vigilance. We must honor Jessica's memory by taking concrete steps to safeguard the well-being of her children, reach out to organizations that specialize in child safety and support, engage in open conversations with your child about personal safety, and encourage your community to remain vigilant and looking out for one another. Let us foster an environment where no child's voice goes unheard and no one suffers in silence. So if you or someone you know is experiencing abuse or facing danger, don't hesitate to seek help. Reach out to resources such as domestic violence hotlines, child protection agencies, or law enforcement. Together, we can ensure that the safety and happiness of every child remains at the forefront of our priorities. And let's all work together and make the world a better place because that's what Jessica's hope was. And if there's one thing that we can get out of this podcast, it would be to increase awareness and together become guardians of hope. Let Jessica's legacy serve as a reminder that even in the darkest of times, our collective actions can lead to positive change. Let us commit to nurturing a world where love, empathy, and unity prevail. In doing so, we can continue to honor Jessica's spirit and create a lasting impact 
that protects and uplifts our children, our communities, and our shared humanity. What did you think of this one, Ricky? That's a really good story. Yeah. Sad, but has a good outcome. Definitely. So this week, we want to give a shout out to our Patreon members because we love you so very much. Thank you so much for supporting our show. And we hope you enjoy the ad-free listens. We have a few new ones. We have a few newbies. Fresh salad. Fresh leaves in the salad. (laughs) We have a few fresh leaves. We have Amanda, Christina, Carla, Brianna, Wendy, and Sean. Thank you so much. I can't see you doing that. Thank you for the roses. Have you seen that TikTok, those TikToks? Thank you for the roses. Thank you for the follows. Thank you. We really appreciate it. I wish we could put all of the Apple subscribers because we have way more of them. Well, we love them. Hello. Thank you so much. You actually keep the show going. So we really appreciate you. Yeah. Keeping us afloat. Yeah. Keeping us afloat. We've been eating eggs for about a week. I love eggs. We've been making Benedict eggs, scrambled Sunny side up. She's lying about Benedict. I don't even know how to do that. You Don't you put like toast in a pan? No. Yeah. What's that one? Then? Someone tell Ricky how to make Benedict eggs. Benedict All right. Arnold. We're out of here. Bye. See ya. See ya.